What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, so wherever you're getting your podcast from, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. You can also find us on the Twitterverse at S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. Coming up on the latest episode of the Sports Business Podcast, we got, we're going to talk about my Week 15 winners, Going to talk about some teams to look out for. We're also going to talk about the Commandos or Lionel Richie and the Commodores or the Commies, whatever whatever the hell Washington's calling themselves these days. We're going to talk about did they get hosed. We're also going to talk a little bit of NBA, and then we're also going to go into the dummy of the day. But before we get started, first things first. All right, so this weekend might have been the first weekend in about maybe two months where I didn't do nothing. Like I'm talking about Friday. Logged off from work, closed my laptop, and that was about it, bruh. Didn't really do too much. Saturday, I was a little hungry, so I went over to one of my favorite places to eat. And it's a little up-and-coming place. <clears throat> it's up-and-coming place. And, uh, you know, I try to support sports. Uh, sports. <laughs> I try to support small businesses around here. So, been hitting the spot up. They got good food. I'm not going to get the business name away just because I'm not trying to doo-doo on them. But I did see something that was a little bit ratchet, per se. Go in there, order my food, and I hear some type of, like, whiny sound. And there's a big old tub right there in the lobby. And I looked over the tub. They out here selling pit bulls right there in the front of the lobby. So I was like, okay. And the dude, I guess he was a patron. He was doing, he was in conjunction with the restaurant owner. I guess he was trying to start up his little side hustle of selling dogs. He asked me if I wanted one. I was like, nah, bro, I'm good, man. So I just thought that was a little unique, per se. So email the show. Let me know what's one of the most oddest things you've ever seen. Because apparently selling dogs in the, lo- in the lobby of a, of a restaurant has got to be up there for me. So email the show. Last week, we had to, uh, we uh, asked y'all to email the show. And I got a little bit of feedback. Um, one person said uh, that the question was, what's one of the most worst sports takes you've ever taken? Or you've ever heard, and one person said, "I think it was, you know, if a uni- you know, if a college team can beat a pro team." And I got to thinking, I was like, "Man, that's a that's a you know, that's one of the more crazier takes that people say." But I also got to thinking about like, "Yo, if you look around Al- the University of Alabama within the last couple of years, yo, like there's a lot of pe- there's a lot of first round draft picks that are balling out in the NFL that came from the University of Alabama. Not even just first round. Derrick Henry's a Second round draft pick, uh, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for the Eagles, is a second round draft pick. So there's a lot of uh, 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 a lot of high ranking, high draft picks that have panned out pretty well. And breaking news as we're on this podcast, apparently, speaking of Jalen Hurts, looks like Jalen Hurts might not play this Saturday for whatever reason. So looks like he's got an injury bug. Um, we heard that first here on the Sports Business Podcast. But anyways, we're going to get into the show. Yo, uh, another thing. So like I said, email the show. Let me know what's one of the most ratchet things that you've ever seen um, going into a restaurant. Because like I said, I seen, I done seen a lot of things. I ain't never seen nobody sell some dogs right there in the, lo- in the lobby. But the food was great. Shout out to them. 
Um, American soccer fans, y'all, y'all, y'all matter and all about uh, the lack of these sports, these sports channels not covering the quote unquote the most greatest game that ever took place. Because if it was that great, trying to figure out why ain't nobody really talking about it on a Monday. Just saying, or on a Sunday. Oh wait, I know the answer to that. Because nobody cares. And FIFA had the audacity to put the World Cup Finals on a Sunday. You know what happens on Sundays? People go to church. When they get off from church, they go they go to Waffle House, IHOP, they, they break bread, then they come home and they watch football, American football. Alright? So the fact that people are mad that no one's talking about soccer, well, one Soccer is kind of a secondary sport here in America. Like soccer is a sport where if you ain't good to play basketball, football, or baseball, you go try out for the soccer team. Okay. That's how that usually plan plays out. Okay. That's usually how soccer goes. Yeah. It's a secondary sport out here for the male side, I should say. Second of all, y'all was crazy for putting that up against the, against the NFL. And let me get, let me tell y'all something. If that penalty kicks had gone about five minutes longer because the game, I think it ended right around 9.55. How mad would soccer fans been that they had had to move the, the 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 FIFA World Cup over to FS1, which I don't even know how to get to FS1 without speaking it into my uh, my remote control because I don't know what Fox Sports 1 is. But I know damn sure that the uh, the Fox executives wasn't about to lose out on that NFL money. I can tell you that right now. So, I saw that. I saw Twitter going ham sandwich, you know. But at the end of the day, I get that the World Cup is technically coming here in 2026, even though they're splitting it with three other countries. Interesting. But um, it'll be in the summer. Cool. But I got a lot of questions about that. But neither here or there. We didn't say in the soccer podcast. We talk about other things. But, you know, shout out to the people that watch soccer, man. It's just, you know, whatever. Shout out to Argentina. I guess Messi uh, is now considered the GOAT. And there's that. But we're going to talk about my week 15 winners. And hey, I'll be the first one to say that I've been very, very critical on this show in particular about the quality of play and as far as bad matchups in football this entire season. Like I just felt like the season has not been hyped up as, as, as a lot of people try to make it seem to be. And also, it's just there hasn't been a, it's, the quality of play has just been very, very bad. You take away a lot of these players don't play in the preseason, so really the first month, really September, is really nothing but preseason games in the regular season. So um, this weekend, I would say is probably the best weekend I've seen in football in a very, very long time as a collective product. Um, I'm very, very big on the product. Like, what am I watching? What is my time being being spent on? Even going all the way back to the Thursday game, which was the Seahawks against the Niners, all the way up until last night when it was the New York Giants against Lionel Richie and the Commodores. I would say, as a collective unit, the NFL did its they did its thug thizzle. Now, my week 15 winners: we got the Bills, Eagles, Niners, Chiefs, and Cincy done snuck in the dough. <clears throat> People are like, well, what about the Cowboys? I'm cool off the Cowboys right now. I don't know if it's because they laid that egg. And I'm going to keep it a buck. Trap games are real. Um, the Chiefs almost fell into that trap game. Sitting there damn near losing against the, the one team, one win team Texans. But they were able to dig deep and figure it out. The Eagles, that was no fluky win. I mean, but if you think about it, the Bears going to beat. The Bears won against who? They don't beat the Niners. Um, you know, and they, they gave the Eagles a little bit of run for their money. 
So that's another trap game as well. The Cowboys, on the other hand, was in a trap game and they fell into the trap and didn't get out the mouse trap. They fell for the cheese, couldn't get out, and they laid an egg. Now, the Cowboys, for instance, and I'm not going to talk about them too much because they're not a week five winner or a week 15 winner, I should say. They're not. I'm, 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 I like Dak Prescott, but I'm starting. He's giving me Derek Carr vibes. And when I say that is. He starts panicking when his first progression is his first read isn't open. When his first read isn't open, he starts doing boneheaded decisions. Patent burping the baby too long. When I say burping the baby did too long, that means he's patting the football too long, which means that he can't find an open receiver or he can't figure out what to do next. He either gets sacked or turns the ball over. Um and I saw a lot of that yesterday, throwing two interceptions. And then and, and Jacksonville ain't no slots. They're a pretty, they're a decent team and, and decent enough where they might mess around and win the AFC South at the rate that they're going. Yo, side note, uh, is, is it safe to say that the AFC South and the NFC South might be the two worst divisions in football? Um, where I would, you know, it's pretty, it's almost safe to say that in, in the AFC, NFC South winner ain't going to finish over 500. But the way the Tennessee Titans have been playing, I don't know if they're going to finish over 500 either. So we might have two division winners in both conferences where they might not, each team may not finish over 500, which would be wild. Absolutely wild. But yeah, going back to, so that's my thing about the Cowboys, but the Bills and the Dolphins game was a great game. They dug deep. They figured some things out, um, even with Von Miller being out for the rest of the year with that torn ACL. There's the, they, they are able to figure things out. Jared Allen, I mean, outside of Jalen Hurts, I mean, how can you not give this man the MVP right now um, in the league? I, I think that this dude is, he's remarkable. Um, I, do I think he takes a little bit too many hits as a quarterback running the ball down the field? Yeah. But I also feel like, you know, he's on the plus side right now. Maybe we can start talking about those hits maybe two or three years from now when those hits starts adding up. But if we're talking about right now, I mean, he's a brand new car off the lot, essentially. So, you know, you take too many hits, that car starts depreciating very, very quickly. But the, the, the falling off for him right now, it, it's too early to tell. But, man, Josh Allen is really good. He's very good. He's one of my favorite players to actually watch in the NFL. So they had played a, a really, really sound football game against a fast Miami Dolphins team. And shout out to the Dolphins for going up to that cold weather and still being able to keep up with the Buffalo Bills in their element. And they were just a couple of plays away from from beating them, actually sweeping them twice this year, which would have been a huge deal for them. But Buffalo has been able to hold on to that one seed currently in the uh, AFC. Well, they'll get that first uh, first round by. But Kansas City, again, I mean, if we're talking about another MVP candidate, Pat Mahomes, I mean, we low key put him in a LeBron James, Michael Jordan category where we just don't even think about him um, in the MVP talks. But Pat Mahomes was able to figure some things out. That's a team that that's a game that they dug deep. I mean, you playing the Texans like I'm, I don't know if they went to Club Onyx out there in Houston or they just parlayed it up the night before, but they didn't look good for the majority of the game. The game had to go all the way into overtime. However, I will say this. They might have kicking issues right now with Harrison Buckner and missing extra points and missing other field goals. They might need to start looking for another kicker, which is crazy to say because he's been super duper clutch. For so many years there, and the fact that I think the Kansas City Chiefs have won their seventh consecutive division, which is the most active record or active clinching divisions in all the sports right now, in football at least too, is nothing to blink at. So they're within striking distance to still kind of take over that number one seed if the Bills somehow slip up. But Kansas City, they're just very, very good. 
another trap game, which it's a trap game, but it ain't a trap game, would be Cincy. Um, Cincy, I think it was down either 17-zip or 17-3. They dug deep, and their defense was able to turn the ball, turn it up a little bit, and they were able to, you know, figure it out and win. Um, I'm going to talk about Tom Brady and them boys on the flip side of my Week 15 winners. Um, and then the Eagles, uh, Eagles, like I said, they figured it out and made some things happen in another trap game. The Niners going up to Seattle is no easy task. And even on a short week with the third string quarterback made things happen. Now, you already know how I feel about what E. What about everybody else? Hey, man, you just ain't good enough. Like, like I said, it's a top five team right now. And I talked about my I talked to some, uh, somebody the other day. They was like, well, you don't ever talk about the lemon booty teams or, you know, you just say if the, those top five teams are good. Everyone else is trash. I really think everyone else is trash. You mean to tell me right now that the Minnesota Vikings can beat the Philadelphia Eagles or the San Francisco 49ers? That's what you're telling me right now. Hell, even the Cowboys, where they gave up 40 points. They gave up the cheeks against the Dallas Cowboys. You're telling me that the Minnesota Vikings can beat any of those teams? Because if so, I hope your job don't do random drug testing because you might need, it might be time for you to go ahead and submit one. Um... You're telling me that Lionel Richie and the Commodores, the Commandos, the Commies, the Commanders, whatever the hell they call themselves over there in Washington, can beat the Philadelphia Eagles, which they did, I get you. Can they beat the Niners, which they play this weekend, so it's another daunting task for them. But can they beat any of those teams? My answer right now is no, because they're limited on the offensive side of the ball, which is crazy because they have weapons on the offensive side of the ball with Terry McLaurin, Brian Robinson at right in the back. Uh, they got that kid Dotson, uh, Lo- uh, Logan, uh, Logan Thomas, I believe is the tight end for them. They got ballers, but I like Tyner Heineke, but I don't know if he's, I don't know how good he is. I don't know what the measuring stick is with my man. So I don't know if he's helping them or hurting them at the same time right now. So I, I don't, I can't put my finger on him. You telling me the New York football giants, what they good at, bro? What are the New York football giants good at? That silence is me saying, I'll wait. Yeah, they can run the ball. All right. Their defense is okay. What else are they good at? Not nothing really too much. They don't, they don't, they're not good at anything. They're not, they're, I mean, running the ball. Yeah, that's good playoff football. But Saquon, they, they, Saquon been toting that thing. He's been toting that thing this year. And he's starting to depreciate a little bit is all I'm saying. When you carry in the ball and you you are literally over 50 some odd percent of your offense, that starts adding up, man. It starts adding up just a tad bit. So you keep toting that rock. He going to end up being the one that has going to maybe have to jet up real quick and smoke some rock to be able to get through the hump. So I'm just saying, I don't know what the New York Giants are good at. I don't think they're a good football team. I still stand by that. Anyways, moving on. I will say this, though. Y'all might want to look out for them Detroit Lions. Um, I don't know what philosophy Dan Campbell came up with whole this whole biting kneecaps things, and you know he out here dazing off and looking at the wave, and, and play coaches are in his ear telling him that they're going to run a play, and he's just like yeah whatever. And next thing you know, he sees his offensive lineman going out for a you know lineup as a tight end going out in the flat and catching a cr- critical fourth down play. I don't know what they own, but Detroit. <clears throat> they they they're legit. They're pretty. They're they're on the they're on the brink of going up and up. Um, they play. They got another big game this week. And if they, I mean, really, they kind of control their own destiny right now, in my opinion. 
Um, let me see. They play the Panthers this week. I mean, come on now. They should be able to beat the Panthers. They 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 control their own destiny. Do they need a little bit of help? Yeah, I mean, but I'm not. I mean, what help do they need? They need they need help from the commies and the Giants. They, you, they got you. They gonna hook you up. They 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 will hook up. They will hook up the Lions. So I would not be shocked if the Lions sneak into the playoffs and and, and make some things happen. So the Lions on the Lions are in there. They if the Lions didn't come out the blocks at one and six, I would strongly. Consider them being a top five team right now. Strongly consider them being a top five team. But they came out the blocks cold. And I can't I can't rock with a team that's seven and seven right now and tell them tell me that's a top five team. Like I just that's not realistic. So there's that. Now on to the Commodores, the Com- Commandos, whatever you call that team in Washington. People are saying, did they get hosed? Ugh, I'm gonna tell you all the story. My man, I was playing football one year. I was a junior, and I remember my boy. I was I wasn't starting. My man, my, my man uh, was was the, the starter above me. The guy who started told me he was like, "Hey, look, keep an eye on me. If I tap my head, that means come in." So he tapped his head, came in. I was a cornerback playing DB. First ever high school football game. My man Tim Washington, my, my boy, one of my day ones. Uh, he had actually went to our school the year before. And he transferred over and went to um, another school, the school that we happened to be playing against. So that was a big thing. It was like, yo, Tim playing, yada, yada, yada. And so I had to guard him. And I'm telling you all the story. As a DB, you can actually check with the D, with the, the line official and say, hey, you know, you, you go up to the line official, especially if you're in press coverage. You go up to the line. You look at the you look at the ref. You say, hey, am I on the line? He'll say, nah, you you know, you he'll throw up the you throw up the thumbs up saying, now nah, you good, you're not off sides. The opposing wide receiver, if they're if they're the ones that's supposed to be on the line, you legitimately point at the wide receiver before you get in your stance and you look at him and you nod your head and say, Am I good? The wide receiver the, the, the line coach, the line ref will say, move up a little bit, or they'll say you're good. And all of my years playing football. My, by the way, Tim Moss the hell out of me on that play. Just, just, just so we know. To the point where like it made the newspaper. It was pretty embarrassing. Got put on the newspaper getting mossed. And this was like when getting mossed was a thing, was just becoming a thing. But um, I say all to say this that when my man Terry McLaurin last night pointed at the re- the referee and said, "Hey, am I am I on sides? Am I good?" The ref said, "Yeah," and still drew a flag and said, "No." You weren't lined up correctly. We got problems, man. Like that's that that is an officiating issue. Now people are gonna say, well, is it the does the is that a courtesy or is that part of the game? Like, does the ref have to say? If my man says yes, you're good, and then still draws a calls you on a foul, what are we doing? Like, what's the point of what's the point of even lining up? Like, what's the point of even asking the referee if I'm good or not? If they're just gonna say, yeah, you're good. Like at that point, the ref's integrity is is in jeopardy because he just told you. Yeah, you're good, and still drew a penalty on you. So that either means a the referee needs some new corrective lenses, or b that referee don't need to be refereed no more, which ended up costing them a touchdown. The touchdown gives them six points. They're still down by two. So I'm not going to say they got hosed. Then the very next play, there's a defensive pass interference. Again, that wasn't called. Not going to say they got hosed because you still got to go for two. But those were two very very questionable calls, which leads me to think. The competition committee this year really needs to consider what is pass interference and what is rough in the quarterback. And I honestly think those need to be reviewable players 
or challengeable plays like roughing the passer. Like at this at this point, that I don't know what defenders like defensive linemen are supposed to do. I think I saw Nick Bosa. That's the younger brother of the place for the Niners, I believe. Nick Bosa um, hit Geno Smith Thursday. He tackled him and like he landed on top of him. What you want that man to do? Like at this point, are we gonna say, hey, if you get two hands on the quarterback? That's just counts as a sack because tackling, unfortunately, is part of the game. He didn't go high. He didn't go low. He went for a regular, ordinary tackle, and they caught him for a 15-yard penalty. Luckily, it didn't, it didn't hurt them. But this pass interference call uh, last night that wasn't called just practically almost damn near probably might have cost it the Washington uh, football team. They, they season. You don't know. Like, there's people's jobs on the line. There's coaches' jobs on the line, coordinators, all the things that fall into effect because they swallowed the whistle at the last minute. Now, I know a couple years ago they had they tried making pass interference a reviewable call. It, it didn't pan out well because a lot of them, they just stuck with the call, which still doesn't make sense. But they need to do something where they got to change the rule because this just ain't it, it don't make sense at all. And, and, and I'm not going to say it costed the commies a football game, but it damn near close. Like it, 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 it's very good. It's, I, I, if I play for the commies, I would say it cost me the game. Um, but like I said, there's always that what if. What if you didn't make the two-point conversion? Then what you going to say? But there we, here we are playing Monday morning quarterback because now the game really, you know, did the game, did, did the Giants get one? Did it get one over? Maybe. But I, if, I'm, if I'm the Washington Commander, Commodores, I feel some type of way. But I don't know. And again, that just shows me to say how good are the Giants, you know? And I just don't know how good they are. And I just don't know what they're going to do in the future. They got a lot of questions, like I said last week, that they're going to have to answer this offseason. But also, at the same time, the Commodores should have beat that team by 30 to 40 points. You damn near had three weeks to prep for them. You tied two weeks ago with them. So you already had one week's worth of preparation. You had a bye week. And then you went in again this week to play the same team three twice in three weeks. And that's all you got? That's all you had? Come on, man. That, that, that's that's bad juju on the commies, too. Like, you should have been be- well prepared. You only had to prepare for the same team for the last three weeks, and that's all you can do? Nah, man. I, I, I'm giving that more L more on the commies than I am for that win on the Giants. Like, that's just bad planning, bad coaching, bad preparation, bad everything you can think of. It's just bad, bad, bad. Now, I'll tell you all another story. You all know I love boxing, and one of my favorite boxers was Andre Ward. Shout out to Oakland, California, my hometown. Um... Andre Ward had a very, very interesting career. I want to say controversial, but it was very, very interesting. He abruptly retired from the sport relatively young, still had a lot in the gas tank, and it kind of came out of a shocker. It was like, oh, man, Andre Ward, you a, you know, you the whatever, whatever champion, I think super middleweight, light heavyweight. He was somewhere around there. I think it was super middleweight. Super middleweight champion, undisputed, at the top of his game, had a lot to give to the sport, and he just retired. You know, and for the last few years, they've been saying, Dre, why don't you, you know, come back? Give us one more. Give us one more. Give us one more. And he was like, why can't I just have that one more? Like, why do I have to spend that one more in in the ring? And, you know, what I'm saying, what do I what do I got to prove? I like, know I've done did everything I need to do. Last Olympic gold medalist to 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 win one back in 04, you know, became a, a, an illustrious champion. Ended up being a, a great commentator. Ended up being in the first creed, if I'm not mistaken. So he's had a great career, but his one thing that always stuck to me was, why should I? Why, why do I need to spend that last one? Why can't I just keep it in the chamber? And I said to say that I thought about Tom Brady when I looked at that Cincinnati, really his entire season this year, but really the Cincinnati game last yesterday. I think he gave up like four touchdown or four turnovers back to back, 
after they came out to that 17-zip, 17-3 lead. And, and I just thought about it like, man, he should have stayed retired. And, whatever, you know, him coming out of retirement, it ain't damn near. It costed everything. His kids, his wife. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, there's some type of monetary issues as well. Having to relocate into, you know, a new place and all the other stuff that comes in when having a, a highly publicized relationship like he had. All that other jazz falls into play, too. And my man out here, he come home lonely. You know, he got here looking like Will Smith on the last episode of Fresh Prince. Just come home to a to a big-ass carpet with nothing on there and, and, and got his hands in his pockets. And it just, you know, got suffering, taking L's on the field and taking L's at the house now. So, I, I, I say I have to say with Tom Brady is that he should have stayed retired, man. And, you know, there's scuttlebutt saying that he may come back to New England, being the fact that he's a free agent after the end of the season. But at the end of the day, like, what more do you got to prove, man? You got more championship rings than franchises do, bro. And... You look, I'm going to be honest with you, he looks worse than Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan played for the Wizards at this point. Like, at least Michael Jordan was out here putting up 18 to 20 points a game. He gave us a couple of, you know, 40, 50-point nights or 47-point nights here and there. But, you know, it wasn't the same MJ, but he showed you a glimpse of MJ when he played for the Wizards. And and I'm looking at Tom Brady, and I don't see any glimpses of the old Tom Brady. Um you know, every, you know, the, 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 I think what was that, that Monday night game where he technically beat the Saints. But I mean, those, a lot of that stuff that when they beat the Saints, a lot of that was self-inflicted. He's the reason why they was in the hole that they was in. So Tom Brady, I, I hope that he would retire at the end of the season. Um, but I don't know how stubborn he is. Like, I think he's 45, 45, 46 or something like that. Like, what more do you, what more is you trying to do? But um, I, I, that was my biggest takeaway is that, you know. Sometimes it's just better to have one more, and pride will do a lot of things to you when sometimes pride is just best off just saying, hey, man, you know what? I do got one more in me, but I got seven rings. You know, I got seven rings. And can't no other, can't no person in football even say that. So um, it's just really, really unfortunate to see the way Tom Brady's just deteriorating as he's just appreciating the way he is. But, um, yo, talk about wild weekends. Let's talk about this Raiders game. Um, I'm cool with the win. But if we keep it in the buck, we should have lost that game. Like, I'm happy we won, but I ain't happy on how. I mean, I'm happy how we won, but I'm not happy with the game. This got to be the most disappointing team as far as being a Raider fan that I can think of in a very long time. I think of, I think that was 2015 when they went and lost to Houston, but they didn't have Derek Carr. He had like a broken leg. Um, mind you, there's not a lot. Of, a lot of seasons just been disappointed because we've been bad, but... When you got a season like this where you got a lot of hype, there's a lot of talent, there should be no reason. Not saying Super Bowl, not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl, there's, but there should be no reason why you can't be a wild card team, especially after last season. And this season's just been abysmal. So when they were up 13 to 3 going into halftime, I knew that there was a. I, I legitimately was like, man, I'm not going to lie. We might mess. With, I, I said. I wonder how long is it going to take before we give this game away. And bam, the first drive of the second half, Derek Carr throws a pick six, which I'm not going to lie. Well, my man that played DB on that side who who picked off Devontae Adams, that was a hell of a play. And there really wasn't nothing could nobody do about that. But, man, he, he jumped the route. It was just beautiful, beautifully done, and, and, and walked in for 10 yards pick six. 
but you can tell the shell shock of the the Raiders was just was not able to rebound from that. I was like, nah, bro, like we got plenty of football left. Like, don't let that one play get to you. But it seems like anytime something bad happens, the Raiders look like Mike Tyson against Buster Douglas. Try when Mike Tyson got knocked down, he out here looking for his mouthpiece. Like they have zero resiliency. Um, they just look like they can't get it together, and they just start panicking. And granted, they threw the touchdown to Keelan, Keelan Cole. Which a lot of people are saying is is questionable. I'm not gonna lie and say it wasn't questionable, um, but I also will say maybe that was just payback, and we got one for what was that twenty some odd years ago for the Tuck Rule game. I'll, I'll just take that as that's what it was. But man, well, I, so they they scored a touchdown. I knew off rip. I was like, oh, this game going in overtime. I think it was like 13 seconds left with the fourth in the fourth quarter. They get the ball back. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to take a knee and they're going to go into overtime. And then we'll lose the game is what I was thinking. Um, hey, man, you can sit there and say whatever you want. I, I, I'm a realistic fan. I, I just knew that we were going to go into overtime. They had all the momentum, and they was going to mess around and win. Somehow, way, they was going to mess around and win just because that's how our season's been going. So the first play, they run like a draw play, I believe. And I think they have one timeout left. Cool, whatever. They run a draw. I think they pick up like 13, 14 yards. All right, cool. Call the timeout. At this point, I know for a fact it's less than five seconds left. They run another draw play, and the the the, the running back pitches the ball back. And then the guy who gets the ball, Jacoby Myers, throws the ball back to, I guess he was trying to throw it back to Mac Jones. For what reason, I don't know. But Chandler Jones just happened to be guarding him like he was guarding him in basketball and picks the ball off and runs Mac Jones over and runs into the end zone and scores the touchdown and wins the game. Am I happy about that? Absolutely. It's one of the most craziest things, but also at the same time, that's one of the most dumbest things I've ever seen in sports period. Outside of that, I thought about the 2018 game one where LeBron James had that 50 piece against the Golden State Warriors where somebody missed the free throw. J.R. Smith run, dribbles the ball in the opposite direction as opposed to getting off into rebound and trying to go for the tire or calling it, doing something. Goes in the opposite direction, and then the game runs out, and they go into overtime, and the rest is history. That's about the two dumbest things I've ever seen in my entire life, and that's that's up there. That's the only thing I could compare it to as far as what was one of the dumbest things I've seen. That was pretty much the dumbest thing I've seen probably all in, in all of this year in football. The fact that they didn't just take a knee, they got greedy. I don't even know. Like, they were, they had to go down 75 yards. Like, it didn't, none of it made sense. Going to take, okay, you get 13, 14 yards on the first play. All right, cool. Just take a knee. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was too far to even go for a Hail Mary. Just take a knee, man. Just take a knee. But am I happy the Raiders won? Yes. But, it, you know, they got to play. They play uh, They play the Steelers this weekend. And then they play the Niners and the Chiefs. You telling me that they got to win all three of them games? Woo. Um, I mean, technically, the Niners have wrapped up the NFC West. Cool. I'm going to be honest with you, the way after the Vikings winning, what was that, Saturday, off of that crazy game, I don't see the Niners catching the Vikings at this very moment. So the Niners could essentially start resting players if they wanted to, maybe after this week, essentially. I don't see them, I mean, can they catch the Vikings? Probably. Are they? Probably not. So it's best that, especially at the rate that their injuries have been this year, it's almost safe to say that they need to start seriously considering resting some of their players. Maybe you throw them out there for the first half and 
let Brock Purdy get acclimated with some more plays and just get some more of that real-time game flow. But really, at this point, it's just about staying healthy. I mean, the Niners only have nothing to prove. So you might be able to scoop that. So you might be able to scoop that one up. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are going for home home field. Um, let Buffalo slip up. The Chiefs are right back in the driver's seat. So I would assume that the Chiefs are going to play everybody week. What is that? Eighteen now, week eighteen. I can't see them boys just laying an egg. So the fact that you're asking the Raiders to win two out of three and two out of two, well, actually you got to win three and get some help. The fact that you need all of that and you're gonna need some help. And then you got to beat out of those three games. You got to play the Niners and the Chiefs, who are probably Super Bowl contenders. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I'd like for that to happen, but I think they dug themselves too much of a hole. And then at the end of the year, what you gonna do about Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, and you really got to really consider what you gonna do with Josh McDaniels. Um, I, I thought that there there was this there was this rumor that the raiders were still paying their coat they were paying john gruden that's actually not true he resigned and he settled for 40 million even though he still filed a grievance with the league but he settled so the raiders are technically off the hook for his contract they've already settled 40 million kept it pushing but it's time to start considering what you're going to do with josh mcdaniels because this is inexcusable um for the season that they've had this year but some quick nba notes Yo, the Dubs might be in trouble if they don't think if they don't consider making the move. Uh, Steph Curry got hurt late last week. Um, Clay Thompson ain't looking what he is. Jordan Poole, I mean, finally he woke up and had a career night last night against the Toronto Raptors. But you got to look at this bench and this bench. You got your Michael Green. He, he all right, you know, good solid role player. But I'm really, really worried, and I don't know how many times I have emphasized this on the show, on my sports, or on my social media. I don't know how many times have I emphasized about James Wiseman and how he is about, he is trending to be Marvin Bagley 2.0. I can't tell you how many times I've said that. And I mean, last night the Warriors were up damn near by 20 some odd points. You mean to tell me that you can't get James Wiseman on the flow to get him some burn during some garbage time and he only gets two minutes? Like, what are we doing? What, what are we doing? Like, what... What's the problem with James Wiseman? There's been time they, they've been saying that he don't know how to set screens and, you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't get it. Well, well he ain't going to get it if he ain't getting any burn. Okay, he looked good in the G League, setting screens and just getting shots up was his problem. How else is he going to get better playing against some real NBA players? And that's not me trying to take a shot at G League, but for him to get some real NBA game time burn, and you mean to tell me you could only fit him in for two minutes yesterday when they was up a damn near 20? Uh, he must be some, he must be lemon boute for them to only consider him giving him two minutes in a game that was almost a blowout the entire night. That's, that's crazy. Um, so I'm starting to think like how much, how much time, like the season is almost 30 games in, which is crazy to think about it, but we almost damn near halfway through the season. We're over 25% done with the season. Actually trending towards 40% really if we're 30 games in. Um, how much more patient should Warriors fans be, being the fact that Steph is probably going to be out realistically a month? Clay Thompson, I don't know how much more can he carry the team. Wiggy, Andrew Wiggins, he's hurt. He should be coming back pretty soon. But how much more How much more patience can the Warriors get? And what is it going to have to take for the Warriors, Bob Myers, to seriously consider making a move um, before the trade deadline, which is right around February? Like, how much more? Because you, you got to think, if they make the move... You get some new players and you got to get acclimated. You got to see what you got. You got to see what works, what ain't going to work. So now you're digging like you, there's an acclimation period. 
How many more games can you give away? Because I'm gonna be honest with you, there ain't. There's like I said last week, there ain't no places to hide in the West. Maybe OKC, maybe uh, San Antonio, Utah. Even those games, they ain't they ain't good. But they they've and before the Steph Curry injury, they were punting games away. I think they had a, they played New Orleans twice. And I think Klay Thompson and Steph Curry didn't play one of those games, which I found to be extremely disrespectful to the New Orleans Pelicans. Like, you just going to punt away two games at their house and just think that it's all good in the hood? I don't. Like, I don't think that was a great idea. And now you're coming off the six-game road trip where you've only gotten one game, one win so far, and now you got to play the Knicks who've won seven in a row. The Nets, I think, have gone like eight and two in their last ten. And then you're going to turn around and play the Grizzlies, uh, the Grizzle, on Sunday. I don't know. Like th- this is going to get ugly pretty fast if they don't figure out what they want to do. But I think it's time to make a move now than later. Is all I'm saying because there will be an acclimation period for these dudes to get up to speed together. Anyways, next moving on. Yo, how many y'all know about Bill Walton? And I'm not talking about Bill Walton the commentator. I'm talking about Bill Walton, the Portland Trailblazers. Bill Walton. How many y'all people know about that man? Yeah, exactly. He used to play for the Portland Trailblazers. Look him up. Look up some of the... Roll the tape on Bill Walton when he played for the Trailblazers. Bill Walton is arguably one of the greatest basketball players ever. Yeah, I said that. Before he got them injuries with his feet, his back. Um, I believe there's some knee injuries as well. Bill Walton was that dude to the point where there was a strong comparison when he was in college that he might have been better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's crazy as that sounds. Yes, that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that leads that has the scoring title for the most points ever scored in the NBA. Yeah, that Bill, there, yeah, that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. There was a strong debate that Bill Walton might have been better than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Bill Walton had a series of misfortunate injuries when he was playing with Portland. I think he won one championship with the Trailblazers. And then won another one riding the bus with the Celtics coming off the bench. Played a huge part coming off the bench, by the way, too. Not no 12th man Bill Walton coming off the bench, but he actually played an intricate part um, coming off that bench that those, those years for the Celtics. I think he got one with them. I say to say all this to say Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers once again is hurt. Will be out at a minimum one month due to a right foot injury. It is time to start strong. It is time to think about how much value does Anthony Davis bring to the Los Angeles Lakers? Because the best ability is availability. And right now, even though he is having a monstrous year, it's like he does 10 good things and 11 wrong things. And the 11th wrong thing is always going to be the last thing that you remember. And here we are again with Anthony Davis hurt. And he's going to be out another month. And right now, if I'm not mistaken, they are in 12th or 13th place. And you're asking LeBron James and you're number 20 to, to put them guys on his back again and, 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 and make it happen and try to get them into another playoff, uh, a play-in at a minimum. I would strongly consider maybe moving on from Anthony Davis and probably starting all over. I think it's time. I think... It's not sustainable. Anthony Davis is not sustainable to be able to carry a team 82 games on his back. Anthony Davis is not. He ain't even on Kawhi Leonard's status where, what was that, 20? Kawhi Leonard missed an, almost an entire year that last year with San Antonio. Goes to Toronto, and I forgot how many years he played that year with Toronto and ends up winning the championship on a one-year rental. 
I think Anthony Davis, that one-year rental, was the year that they won the championship in the bubble. I think that was that's as best as he going to get. That was the one-year rental, and I think they, and I get it, they gave up the farm to get him. But if you look at what the Pelicans got, the Pelicans got Brandon Ingram, um, Josh Hart, uh, which, I mean, they ended up shipping a lot of those dudes away. Julius Randle, I think, is another one that got shipped away. But if you look at all those players that the, 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 the Lakers gave away, all of them boys, minus Josh Hart, all of them boys eventually made an all-star team. D'Angelo Russell, um, outside of Lonzo Ball, but Lonzo Ball, is when he's healthy, he's a great player. But it's time to start considering, Lakers fans, was it worth it to get that one championship? And if you think about it, the year before, they didn't make the playoffs. They had the bubble championship. The next year, they went into play-in game, lost in the first round. Last year, they didn't make the play-in game. And this year, they're trending again. So out of the four years, four years, four years, I believe, that the late LeBron's been there now, four or five years, They've only been in the playoffs technically twice out of those four years. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what more they're going to do, but, you know, they, they're mortgaging off their future for the present, but the present ain't giving them Jack Diddley Pooh at this point. So, Lakers fans, it's time to kind of think about, you know, is, is Anthony Davis, you, is he your go-to guy? But I think Anthony Davis, it might be time to ship him off to maybe, I mean... Where could he go right now and not be the dude? Like, what if Anthony Davis went to the Grizzle and you had Anthony Davis coming off the bench or something like that? And you, you, you got, you don't have to have, tell him to be that dude. You tell him to give you anywhere between fifteen to twenty minutes, give you any, anywhere between seventeen, fifteen to eighteen points coming off the bench. Like, what if Anthony Davis played in Philly with 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 Joel Embiid and you telling him to come off the bench or you tell him he don't got to be the guy? Because I don't think he can be the guy. It, it, it just don't look like he's he's capable of being the guy. So you ship him around and you start looking around to see what you can get for Anthony Davis. And then when Anthony Davis gets to that destination, you got to think about is he going to be the guy or is he going to be one of the guys? Big difference. Huge difference. So I, I, I thought about that this morning or really yesterday when I heard about this injury. And it's just unfortunate. And he a top 75 player? I don't know about that. But I think he's Bill Walton 2.0. He is this generation's Bill Walton 2.0. So, once again, you've been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. My name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton. Before we get up out of here, we definitely going to talk about the dummy of the day. And it goes to, yo, how many people y'all know get greedy? You know, they tell you, hey, man, you can take, you know, you can take anywhere up to three to five million right now. And you're like, nah, bruh, I think I can get seven to ten. But you know for a fact right now, this guy is giving you three to five milli up front right now, on site. Nah, bro, I think I can get five, you know, I can get seven to ten if I just hold out. Well, that didn't really happen to the guy who uh, caught Aaron Judge's number 62 home run ball, by the way, which is the seventh most home runs ever in the season. Let's, you know, let's, let's take that into consideration. So, apparently... Um, there was a, there was an auction, and essentially the, the guy who ended up catching Aaron Judge's sixty second home run ball was offered three million dollars initially to um get the you know give the ball and he would have got three million on site. Didn't do that. He thought that he was going to get more money. 
Turns out he auctioned the ball off for $1.5 million, which is still a nice payday if you think about the admission that you got to take to go into a ballpark, yada, 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 and you walk out with $1.5 million. But the, as I say I have to say that is, you should have just took the $3 million, which was guaranteed because you knew that's what you was going to get. Now you out here looking like boo-boo the fool because you missed out. You only got 50% of what you would initially got. And I say I have to say this, don't be greedy, bro. I'm pretty sure your net worth wasn't $3 million yesterday. Now your net worth is $1.5 million when you could have had $3 million. Not only top of that, you got to pay auction fees and this and that and whatnot. You was probably better off just giving the ball back to Aaron Judge if you wanted to. I probably would. I mean, I guess. But now you out here with three, you know, one point five million. Like I said, which is a nice payday. But you could have had more. And if you're talking about after taxes and everything, you probably walked home with about seven fifty, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. So my man who took the the seventh most home runs in MLB history and, and decided to keep it as opposed to just auctioning it off or giving it away for three million initially. Man, you got to be the dumb big dummy of the day, man. So what happens when you get greedy? Greed will always be the root of all evil, man. Once again, like I said, I just want to take the time out. We're going to get up out of here real soon. This is the last episode of the Sports Business Podcast for 2022. We've had a great year. I appreciate everybody rocking with me. There's been so many good things that have transpired this year, um, personally, as well as growth on this show. I couldn't have done it with a lot of people. Shout out to my sister, uh, Monica, for a lot of tips, feedbacks, uh, even being low-key the producer project manager on the show for a little while um i couldn't do that without her um shout out to like i said everybody that listens to the show um shout out to everybody who's passed on my show to some of their friends shout out to everybody who keeps tuning into the show i can't do this without y'all i hope 2022 has been a great year for y'all personally professionally whatever or whatever lee um and next year we're gonna do it bigger and better um, it's still going to be the same on me. We're going to bring on some guests and stuff like that on this show as well. But I just wanted to take the time out because I, you know, I, you know, I can't do this without y'all and, and, and without y'all, there is no me. So thank you for everybody who's taking the time out to whether it was a, a email, a, a DM, um, a message, a text. Um, I, I'm just really, really grateful. This year has been an interesting year um, for me per se. To say the least, I should say, um, January through July was very, very interesting. And then July to today, this year, um, it was literally two years in one year. I can tell you that right now. Um, and, you know, it, it ended up being really, really good. And it ended up ending on a high note. But yeah, I'm taking the time off. I'm, you know, I'm going to spend some time with my family, friends <clears throat> the, the, over the next weeks next couple of weeks but we will be back the first monday of 2023 which is actually january the second so we'll be out there we'll talk about some football um hopefully the playoffs and everything should be almost a a dead wrap we'll go into that last week of the season i hope everyone's able to enjoy their time with their friends family loved ones for whatever holiday that you choose to celebrate i wish you nothing but the best holidays to you and yours in a very prosperous 2023. Other than that, we are out of here.